Welcome to Bethel World Outreach Church. Our values are devotion, diversity, and discipleship. Devotion through honoring God by trusting His Word, praying, and worshiping together. Diversity by embracing God's heart for every nation. And discipleship by helping others follow Jesus. So join us as we're reaching a city to touch the world. Actually, what I want to do before I get into the Word, I just want to pray for the United States, you know, with the stuff going on in Texas, and just God help us. You know, I think of if my people call by my name will humble themselves and pray, you know, I know we need civil authorities and, you know, all the whatever gun laws and everything like that, but I think of every, ever, ever since Adam sinned, Cain killed Abel, and you look at uh, Genesis chapter 3, the fall, the sin, the rebellion. Genesis 4 starts with the murder, finishes with the murder. Genesis 5 has this big genealogy. Genesis 6 talks about the flood, starts to talk about the flood because of the wickedness. And just shows me the need that we have for a savior. You know, people saying, aren't you, is it, is it dangerous to go overseas, go to Mexico? There's places here where it's dangerous, where you would never think it should have been dangerous. But Lord, we just pray for the... Families of the victims, God, that your comfort, that your grace would be upon them. Lord Jesus, as well, we pray for the police force there. We pray for the police force here. Even our civil leaders, that you would give them wisdom. We know that civil government does have a place. And we should submit ourselves to civil government because they would bring the, the sword not in vain, but to punish the evildoers. God, we pray that they would be able to function in their, their proper realm of authority. We also pray for the church. We pray for us, God, that we would have a message of life, have a message that would transform people's lives, God. Even as you said that if your people called by your name will humble themselves and pray and seek your face, turn from our wicked ways, that you would hear from heaven and that you would heal our land, you would forgive our sins. We do pray for this land, God, that there would be a healing, that there would be a turning back to you as the only Savior, God, because only you can save us even from ourselves, from our wickedness. Lord, we pray against the spiritual forces of evil that would try to steal, kill, and destroy. We proclaim that Jesus is Lord, even of this country. Lord, we proclaim your kingdom. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. God, let us live here on earth as if we were in heaven, O oh God. Let your will be done. Your kingdom come. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. I'll just continue to keep that in prayer. I do want to, I think this is going to be the finishing of a series we've had since Easter and leading up to Pentecost, we've been basing ourselves off of Acts 1-3, where it says he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. So we've been kind of looking at this scripture, you know, those 40 days between Jesus' resurrection and his ascension, and then it would be 50 days until Pentecost from his ascension. You know, we're leading into Pentecost, which would be June 5th. That's a Sunday as it is every year, but, you know, that we're going to have a, you know, celebration of the nations and looking at Pentecost as well. But I'm really interested in Acts 1, 6 to 8. So when they had come together, they asked him, and they asked him a question. And I don't know if you've ever heard, you know, there's, they say in a Q&A, you know, any questions, there's no stupid question. And then the, the only stupid question is the one you didn't ask. Some people would say, but questions can reveal what's in your heart and kind of where you're coming from. And I think that this question that they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? 
And as I look at that little question, I see some disconnect between where the disciples were and where Jesus, you know, how he answers it. And he kind of answers the question, but he doesn't answer the question at the same time. Excuse me, when he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. And then a verse that we've maybe heard before, and I know I've used this verse a lot, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And what I see in between the question that they ask, are you going to restore the kingdom at this time to Israel? And Jesus' answer, I see the disconnect in some different areas. And first of all, in the what. What are we talking about? Because the the disciples, they say, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And, And Jesus comes back and he had taught about the kingdom of God. You know, which is quite different. Even when he came on the scene at the beginning in Mark chapter 1 verse 15... He starts preaching and saying, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's closed. Repent and believe the gospel. And I think even those people, when they heard that the kingdom of God is here, it's coming. They had a different concept because in their mind, I shared about it a little bit a couple weeks ago when I preached. In their mind, they were looking for a David, this military leader, a, a Moses who had delivered the people of Israel out of slavery, out of Egypt, You know, so you get this big military king, you get, you know, they'd heard the stories maybe of Joshua going into the promised land and he's taken over and he's conquering. And so they're looking for this Messiah, this Christ that's going to help even get rid of the Roman Empire. Are you going to, you know, restore the kingdom to Israel? Are we going to live back in those days where we had peace and Israel was on the top you know, they, they had been taken captive to Babylon and different moments where they'd been taken captive. And Jesus comes and he says, repent, the time is fulfilled. Well, the reason they were taken captive to Babylon was because they didn't repent. It was because of their idolatry. And a lot of times we would like God to get rid of the external problems. You know, rest, you know give me prosperity, give me peace, give me, you know, a happy life. You know, but don't do anything on the inside of me. You know, when we talk about the kingdom, not the kingdom being restored to Israel. And, you know, even in my walking with the Lord and early and I guess it was in the 80s, you know, they said, well, the church needs to be involved in politics because this election is going to determine the future. And when I heard that the first time in the 80s, it was like, okay, I'm going to get involved. And then the next time, four years later, And then the next time, four years after that, and then four years after that, and then you realize, wait a minute, there's not quite, you know, there's other things that can determine, you know, yeah, we should be involved, yeah, use your voting, voting rights, all that. I know God has called certain people to be involved. If God has called you to be there, then be there. We all need to be light in different spheres. You know, we shouldn't just abandon that sphere over But at the same time, there is a king of kings and a lord of lords who sits over all. And, you know, later Jesus said uh, in Luke 17, being asked by the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God would come, when is the kingdom coming? Is it coming? Are we going to be restored to that place of... 
He answered them saying, the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed. Even this song that we sang, like the dawn. The dawn doesn't come like a, like a thunderbolt. The dawn just, just it starts getting light out and just a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit. It doesn't come with that. You know, you got to really look twice to be able to see it. Nor will they say, look, here it is. For behold, the kingdom of God is already in the midst of you. You know, I shared a couple weeks ago that they had misconceptions when, you know, like when Jesus multiplied the fish and the bread. And then John chapter 6, it said they were going to try to come and take him by force to be king. And Jesus, he stepped back from that. He said, no, I'm not going to be like a king. He didn't say it, but that's what he was saying with his actions. He stepped out of that. He said he was basically saying, my kingdom is not of this world. You know, I'm not going to be that one that'll provide fish and bread for you, just prosperity all the time. Do whatever you want and God will always provide for you. There's no problem. He'll just make your life happy on the outside. No, God wants to deal with us on the inside. You know, and, he, and even when he came through in what we call the triumphal entry, Palm Sunday is what we celebrate. You know, they're singing Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David, the son of David that would come and would solve all our problems. And they receive him. And I, many people probably thought that Jesus, after he comes into Jerusalem, his next step is he's going to kick the Roman Empire out and he's going to set up his throne. Is the kingdom of God coming now? Well, Jesus didn't kick the Roman Empire out. He went to the temple and kicked the money changers out. Upside down kingdom. It wasn't what he expected. You know, Lord, at this time, are you going to restore the kingdom, you know, the kingdom of God is his government in action. And it really starts right here with me. It starts with you. Draw a circle around yourself. That's where the kingdom, Lord, let your kingdom come here. Let your will be done here. That means I take up my cross. That means I deny myself of what I want. You want to have a happy marriage? Don't... Look for happiness for yourself. Look for happiness for the other person. I might not get everything that I want when I want it in my marriage, but as I deny myself and I reach out to God, God help me, then I get a more intimate relationship with the Lord and his kingdom comes in my marriage with my family. You know, I think about, I think about marriage. My wife and I will celebrate 32 years this year. I don't know if we'll catch up to my parents. They'll celebrate 69 in September. <clears throat> That's a lot of forgiveness. It's a lot of consider one another as more important than yourself. But I think about if there was a marriage in heaven, and I know there will be because the bride of Christ, the church, will be married to Jesus, the groom, and I know that we won't because Jesus said we'll be like him. But just imagine, use your sanctified imagination. If there was marriage in heaven, how would it be? Would the husband come home? Woman, where's my food? You burned it again. Would it be like that? Or would there be love and mutual respect and a, and a servant's attitude one to another? What is the Lord's prayer? Lord, let your kingdom come. Your will be done here on earth. So we should try to grab what's there and bring it here. Live as if we were in heaven because really we already are. The kingdom of God is already amongst us. God's government here now. 
If there was a business in heaven, how would it be? Would the, would the employees come late and steal the things from the shop? Let your kingdom live as if you were. And you watch what the Lord will do for you. Amen? And you could apply that, you know, just sanctified imagination. Let your kingdom come into, how would this be if it was in heaven? Think about how we should act. And you can bring, some people say, well, earth is just, I'm just living hell on earth. Well, I'm trying to live heaven on earth. I'm trying to pull from there and bring it and live as if I was. The kingdom of God demonstrates his power his righteousness, even here on earth. I like 1 Corinthians 4.20. It says, for the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. It's the power of God, even the power of God for me to, when I feel that anger come up and I just want to tell you what I really feel, it's just gonna, I'm just going to let them have it. And I feel it. You feel that thing come up? Well, the power of God just brings it down and you just deny yourself. And then you realize, man, I would have been really stupid if I'd have said that. <laughs> that could have caused a lot of damage. Like sometimes you do a, an instant replay. Or I guess some of the movies they had, that they had come out, you could pick the ending that you wanted. You know, if you wanted the, the prince to finish up with the blonde or with the brunette, you can choose your ending and play it forward. And if you, you really play it forward, if, if you would have said that, the damage that you would have done to the person that you love the most, let the power of God to deny yourself. Romans 14, 17, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's the kingdom of God. Lord, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? We're not going to restore it to Israel. We're going to bring the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. And then, and then who? You know, first of all, they got the what? The kingdom of God. They were messed up on the kingdom of God. And then who? Are you going to do it? And Jesus turns around and he said, you will receive power. I wonder how many times we ask God to do something that he's already asking us to do. And then we try to do something for God that he's already done for us. Now, I just said a mouthful. Let me unpack that a little bit. We try to do for God something that he's already done for us. It's like we think we have to earn our salvation with our good works and we become under condemnation because we maybe didn't do what our religious rules would dictate that we should have done. And we forget that our salvation were saved by grace through faith. It's the great work that he already did for us. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of yourselves, but it is a gift of God, not because of works so that no one can boast. He saved us not because of our good works, but because of the, the power of regeneration of the Holy Spirit. Being justified by faith, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ. And how many times are we trying to do something for God that he's already done for us? And then the converse as well, that we would try to ask God to do something that he's asking us to do. Are you going to restore the kingdom, they asked. And Jesus said, you'll receive power. Now, I know, you know, like on this, on this trip, you know, of course, we went and we shared the gospel. We also prayed. You know, we did some of those prayers. Lord, guide our steps. Lead us to the right people. 65,000 people at the university, the Universidad Autónoma de Baja California. 
You, the Autonomous University of, of Baja California, that's the state below our California. We flew into San Diego and then just go south. So yeah, we would pray, Lord, guide our steps, guide the person's steps. Let there be delays, let there be changes in their schedule so that we could. And the testimony, unfortunately, Erica is not here tonight, but yeah, they got kicked off campus. So yeah, welcome to Christianity. <laughs> Blessed are you. That's just slight persecution. I mean, that's not like, I mean, that's just slight. Really what it was, oh, we're being persecuted. No, what happened was those guards helped send you to a place where you could talk to a guy who wasn't normally there that day but came three hours early because God had coordinated his steps. God coordinated Erica's steps so that she would be over there using a guard. You need to get off campus. Okay, so I'll just go over to the parking lot where we're supposed to wait for people. She's in the parking lot and then she starts talking to somebody, talks to him for about an hour praise with them. You know, I'm not going to say praise to receive Christ, but we, you know, we talked with them. You know, there's God, there's divine steps, you know, so we pray, but then we also go. It's almost like, it's not, you know, it's almost like we pray for a harvest. God, bless me. God, prosper me. And then God will give you a little seed. We pray for a harvest. Many times God doesn't give you the, the full harvest. He gives you a seed. Even from the beginning in Genesis, where God created man and women in his own image. We have value. We have an identity that we're in the image of God. God gave us a purpose. He said, fill the earth, subdue it. Now, that would be translated into the Great Commission for us. And then he also said in Genesis 1, I think it's like 26 to 28, he says, behold, I've given you every plant that bears seed. How are we supposed to fill the earth? It's with those seeds and those plants and more seeds and more plants. God will give you a creative idea. It might just be a little seed, maybe for a business, maybe for an outreach opportunity. He'll give you just a little idea. The whole thing with the, the uh, it's a questionnaire that we use called the God test. It's 10 questions. First question, do you believe in God? If people say yes, then we ask another question. How would you describe God? What does God expect of us? How are you fulfilling those expectations? If they say, no, I don't believe in God, then we ask other questions. What are the main reasons you don't believe in God? How, did, how do you explain the laws of nature? You know, how do you explain the origin, origin of the universe? Does evil exist? Other questions for somebody that would say they're an atheist. That whole God test, it's available as an app as well, that whole God test was just an idea at one time. But then it's been translated into I don't know how many languages. It's become the global survey about God, biggest global survey about God. You know, different little creative ideas. God will give you a little, just a little seed. You know, we want a harvest. God will give us a seed. Are you going to go? Are you going to establish the kingdom? And then God says, God says, I'll give you power. You'll be my witnesses. And God will give us a seed. You're praying for your, you know, your loved ones. Lord, save them. And it's important to pray. I do believe in prayer. We should pray even more. Pray that God would open up their hearts. Pray that God would send the right person to talk to them about Jesus. That God would send laborers. Pray for wisdom. Pray for boldness. Those are all very scriptural prayers. But if you're praying for your, your workplace, pray that God would give you boldness. Pray that God would give you open doors to share the gospel. You might be the light that God is trying to send 
to light up that place of darkness. Instead of cursing the darkness, be the light to be an influence and be a change agent in that place. And just that little seed, it might be with fear and trembling that first time. And you don't know if you're going to get fired or what, but you just, excuse me, you're just going to speak the word just a little bit. Amen? You know, so we can get confused about the, about the what, about the kingdom. We can get confused about the, about the who. I think we could also get confused about the, about the when. Are you at this time? going to restore the kingdom, that when, at this time, at this chronos, which is chronology, the calendar time, Jesus responds, Acts 1-7, it's not for you to know the times, the chronos, he repeats that word, or the seasons, that's kairos, that's a special visitation of God that the Father has sent, has fixed on his own authority, that kairos, that's kind of when God invades our chronology, just a divine visitation, a moment of, a special moment. Mark 1.15, again, the time, the kairos is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. And then we enter into, it's a theological concept of already, but not yet. Already the kingdom of God is here with us. Jesus said, the time is fulfilled, repent. But then there's other moments where he said, you know, the, the wedding at Cana, he said to his mother, he said, what do you have to do with me? My time has not yet come. And Jesus in the book of John, on several occasions, he says, he says they ask him, are you going up to the, to, the, to the feast? No, my time has not yet come. But previously he said, the time has come, repent. What is that? It's confusion. No, it's an already but not yet. Finally, in, in John chapter 13, in the Passover time, Jesus, knowing that his time had come for him to go out of this world, for him to suffer. There's special times that God has for us. And I just sense that there's people even here, might be watching online, you might be watching it later, that you're asking God when. It's like you've, you've struggled and you've wondered and you've been faithful and it seems like you're about ready to throw in the towel and you just, you know, this is never going to happen and you just kind of give up on that dream. Well, let me just tell you, just hold on to that dream because God does not give you the dream to disappoint you. But it seems like always between the time of, of receiving the promise and then the fulfillment, we have to walk through a, you can either call it a valley of the shadow of death or you could just call it, call it a glorious walk by faith where you've got the promise over here. You haven't seen it yet. Abraham walked for about 25 years between the promise. You'll have a son and then the birth of Isaac. Noah built an ark. It was 100 years between the commandment and then the, you know, the flood and the salvation of his family. So there's always that time between here and here. First mission trip I went to was Honduras and Guatemala in 1985. That's 37 years ago. And I'm still going because I still believe that God has given us promises. Lord willing, we'll be going to Mexico City in October. Hopefully again before that. Hopefully, but definitely in October. First time I was there was 87, 35 years ago. Still believing for a harvest there. And now I've got other people. We're, we're believing together. Believing together. Dreaming about my wife's country, Honduras. Went there the first time in 85. 
Still got work to do. Unfinished business, unfinished kingdom business. We're between the promise and the fulfillment. And all of these, Hebrews said, died in faith, not having received what they were promised, but they were hoping for a, a greater, a, a greater, una mejor patria. Sorry, I just, it just comes out in Spanish better. They were believing for something even better, a better citizenship. You know, so that already, but not yet. Already the kingdom of God is here with us, but not yet in its fullness. Am I saved from my sin? Yes, I am saved already, but not yet in the sense that I will be saved. I am saved, I am being saved, and I will be saved. I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I'm justified, I'm forgiven immediately, and then I enter into a process called sanctification where I am being saved. Eventually, I will be glorified. You know, where I'll, who knows, maybe I'll have hair again, I don't know. We'll get a glorified body, I know that. Has the devil been defeated? Yes, he was defeated. Jesus made a public spectacle of him, triumphing over him and the cross. But at the same time, we know that the devil walks around as a roaring lion, seeking someone who, whom he may devour. Resist him, firm in your faith. And then there'll come a day when he will be cast into the lake of fire. I remember this sister, God bless her heart. She was praying and she said, Satan, I just cut your head off in the name of. And I'm thinking, wow, man, if she could really do that, she gonna, you know, I cast you into the lake of fire. If she could really do that, why didn't somebody do that a thousand years ago? We wouldn't have all this trouble that we got right now. But somehow the Lord has left even the devil here on earth so that we would have, in a sense, I think, so we would have a sparring partner to help us even get prepared to rule and reign. Now, he's limited. You know, I don't want to get into all that, but he's limited. Is he defeated? Yes, but not yet. Yes, already, but not yet. You see what I'm saying? There's that, that you got to grasp that concept. It's like the eternal God has a different view of time than we would have. It's difficult for us even to get our, our little finite mind around that. And if I could completely understand God, then he wouldn't be worthy of my worship. It's almost like the eternal God is up on high and he's watching the parade of humanity from a thousand years ago, five thousand years ago. He's watching it and he can see the end even from the beginning. Already God is working his plan. It's all the lamb that was slain from the beginning of the earth. I think of Romans 5, 6, while we were still weak at the right time, the right kairos time, Christ died for the ungodly. Or especially I like Galatians 6. This is going to be good. Hang on to this one. Do not be deceived. Do not be discouraged. God is not mocked for whatever one sows, that will he also reap. And this works on both sides of the fence. Those who sow to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. The wages of sin is death every time. Don't be deceived. God sees what you're doing. He sees what you did last night. He knows what you did in secret. He knows those words. He knows what you were watching. Don't be deceived. Whatever you sow, that will you also reap. The wages of sin is still death. And if I could go back, go back even to the kingdom of God. I mentioned that, that sweater sweatshirt that Akin has on. I asked him about his favorite food. And you know what, being a part of the kingdom of God, just stay with me for a minute, we should have a different type of, of clothing. 
We should feed ourselves differently because whatever you feed, you know, in a physical sense, you know, they say diet is 20, it's 80% of, you know, you want to lose weight, 80% is diet. You can never outrun your diet. And I would say it's similar in a spiritual sense that if you're feeding yourself all the trash of this world, don't be deceived. I think our, our, our clothing in the kingdom, you know, that outfit, that's from Mexico. I've thought about bringing some, you know, some other stuff. I've got different weather, sports, you know, football, soccer, football jerseys, you know, from other countries. If we're in the kingdom of God, our clothing should be different. We shouldn't be clothed with bitterness, unforgiveness, and all this. You can feel it on people instead of being clothed with the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Our food should be different. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He said, this is my food. This is my meat is to do the will of him. Instead of the food of you, you watch all those movies, social media, all that stuff. It's just, you're just contaminating yourself. Yeah, you watch the news. But then after you've seen it once, you don't need to keep going because it's just going to be fear, fear, fear. And it's going to be people fighting between them of who's got the solution. You don't have the solution. You don't have the, right. Only God has a solution. Even our language should be different. In Mexico, we speak Spanish. Hablamos español con toda la gente. Si quieres compartir el evangelio, tienes que compartirlo en español. If you want to share the gospel, you got to share. In the kingdom of God, our vocabulary, our words should be different. There shouldn't be all this complaining and murmuring and backbiting and gossiping and blaspheming. But our words should be words of edification. Our words should be life and death and the power of the tongue. Our words should be words of encouragement. Like what Pastor Dave said, encourage one another. So what was it? Seven encouragements and then maybe you can bring, you've got the relationship, then you can maybe bring a word of, of suggestive, uh, you know, uh, not criticism, but constructive suggestions that you can, hey, you, you could do better in this. But it's not just this trash, this foul mouth. You put, you know, they used to, Put soap in the little kid's mouth when they were talking all this trash. Should do it or not when we're just complaining. You know, our vocabulary. If we're in the kingdom, that stuff should change. We're in a different kingdom. And then we go back to this in Galatians uh, 6, 9. Do not grow weary in doing good. For in due season, the Kairos moment, we will reap if we do not give up. And some of you have been sowing, you have been sowing, you have been planting, you've been doing good, you've been sharing, God has seen it, you have been serving, you've not looked for recognition, God has seen that. Even people watching online may be watching later. God has seen what you've done in secret. Do not be deceived, do not be discouraged, because the deceiver, the discourager, the accuser would come along and say it's never going to work out. But I believe that God is here to say that it will work out because it's something of my kingdom. Amen. Anyway, I'm, I'm going to try to wrap this up. They, they missed it on the what, the kingdom. They missed it on the who. They missed it on the when. And then they probably already missed it on the where because Jesus clarified the where when he said, you will receive power and the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem. That's our immediate context. And for them, that was the only place that they could worship. Everybody had to come to Jerusalem to worship. Come to the Passover, come to the feast. You have to come. The Ethiopian eunuch, Acts chapter 8, he had come to Jerusalem to worship. 
And now Jesus is, is changing it. He said, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Yeah, that's in our immediate area. We should be witnesses here first. And in all Judea, that's a larger Middle Tennessee, you know, sphere, Samaria, that would be crossing cultural barriers. Even for the, for the Jewish people, it took the disciples a long time to realize that the gospel was for the Samaritans. It was for the people of other cultures as well. You know, when we've prayed for Ukraine, yeah, we pray for Ukraine. Jesus died for the Russians as well. We pray for both. Because it's only when the Prince of Peace takes his government upon us all that there will be peace on earth. Amen. Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. You will receive power. Receive power. Not earn power. Receive power. And when I think about this, you know, we started in worship, and I would hope that we could, in a sense, finish with worship as well, to worship our Lord, our God, and even, you know, the, the Holy Spirit, power from on high, is what we need in the U.S. Power from on high is what we need in Tijuana, in your workplace, in your family, power from on high. The Holy Spirit, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The Father is God, the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, omnipotent, all-powerful. The Holy Spirit is all-powerful. The Holy Spirit is omnipresent. He's here with us now. Holy Spirit is all-knowing. He knows even what you're thinking. Holy Spirit symbolized as a dove. When Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit came down as a dove. Holy Spirit is symbolized as fire, that purifying fire, even purifying soap. Holy Spirit, rivers of living water. You've been thirsty, but you've been drinking in the wrong place. You've been drinking in the contaminated waters of this world that leave you dry. Let everyone who thirsts, Jesus said, come unto me and I will give him rivers of living water. Out of his innermost being will flow rivers. This he spoke of the spirit that would come. And the spirit for us is here. The spirit would convict of sin and righteousness and judgment. Even when we go witnessing, we have a, a, a friend, a counselor, one called alongside to help, that when we speak, the Holy Spirit convicts. I think um, Christian said we shared the gospel with over 200 people, 15 decisions for the Lord, but there's... What would that be, 200, 205? It was 220 gospel conversations. So at least 205 people that have a seed that the Holy Spirit can work with. You know, our success doesn't just depend upon immediate results, but we, we plant a seed, one sows and another waters. Could we just stand up and just finish in prayer? And what I'd like to do is just to be able to pray. You know, in this verse, as we, even as we come into Pentecost, you shall receive power. Have you received power? Holy Spirit gives us the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Holy Spirit works the gifts of the Spirit, healings, words of knowledge, discernments of spirits, uh, words of wisdom, prophecy, speaking encouragement on God's behalf to others. Tongues, interpretation of tongues. Holy Spirit is here with us even tonight. Let's just close our eyes. God, we thank you so much for your presence.
Thank you, Lord Jesus. What I'd like to do is, if you're a part of our ministry team, if you could just come down with me, because I want to pray for people for a further infilling, a further baptism, power from on high. So if you guys would just come down here. I know there's different members of our ministry team. So I believe God wants to fill us again. Be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Even as Jesus, during those 40 days of, that he was here before he ascended, he breathed on his, on his disciples. He said, receive the Holy Spirit. But then he also said, wait till you're clothed with power from on high. So they received at that moment, and I believe they received again on the day of Pentecost, a further infilling. Or I think of Philip when he preached in Samaria, and then they sent the apostles John and, and Peter. The first mission trip was a mission trip to pray for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit in Samaria. Or I think of the Apostle Paul. Well, we call him the Apostle Paul, but Saul on the road to Damascus saw a vision from heaven. Lord, Lord, who, who are you? I'm Jesus whom you're persecuting. Go into the city and it will be told to you what, you what you should do. And then Ananias comes and prays for him to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So many different cases. Acts chapter 19, Paul is in Ephesus talking to disciples. He asked them the question I'm asking you. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? I'm not questioning your salvation. I'm just saying, did you receive power from on high? There's more. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Lord, fill us. Just even right where you are, say, God, fill me once again with power from on high. If you realize that your life has not lined up with the kingdom, the government of God, that the fruit of the Spirit has not been manifest as it should, but you've been giving place to the works of the flesh. Just be honest before God. Say, God, I need more of your spirit. Fill me, baptize me. Lord, fill your people. Just right where you are, say, God, fill me. More of you. More power. We're going to be dismissed here in a moment, but if you want to just stay here, going to come forward we'll pray for people to be filled with the holy spirit to be filled with power from on high if you want a greater manifestation of the gifts of the spirit a greater manifestation of the power to be a witness a greater manifestation even of the fruit of the spirit and as we dismiss and you come forward and we'll pray with you we'll believe that god will will fill you